Welcome back to MinAdopt's Let's Talk. This is a podcast that brings you valuable resources for prospective and current foster, adoptive, and kinship families, as well as professionals. My name is Jessica Miller. I'm an education coordinator at MinAdopt. Today, I get to talk with Kim Young from MinAdopt and Jessica Bruger from DHS. You guys give us a brief introduction and share your connection to foster care. Sure. Hi, my name is Kim Young. I'm the foster care and kinship specialist here at MinAdopt. And um, I'm really the first point of contact for families in the state that are wanting to get licensed for foster care. So I help connect them with a private agency or their county and help navigate the beginning parts of the process. And the kinship piece of my role is really helping families to connect with relatives that are in care so that they can hopefully be placement options for uh, children that they are related to. And uh, prior to being at MinAdopt, I was an adoption and foster care licensor with a private agency. Hello, my name is Jessica Broger, and I am a child foster care policy specialist at the Minnesota Department of Human Services. Um, one of my roles at DHS is focusing on recruitment and retention of foster parents. So I'm excited to be here today to share some information and data about foster care in Minnesota. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Kim and Jessica, for being here. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedules to help us navigate the need for foster providers in Minnesota. Let's see if we can tackle some of the most common questions we receive. Jessica, as we get started, can you share what role does DHS have in foster care? Minnesota is kind of unique in that we have a state-supervised county-administered child welfare system. So our role at the state is to provide supervision and direction in child welfare programming, and that includes program and policy development, providing training and technical assistance to local agencies, quality assurance processes, and evaluating achievement of desired outcomes for children and families that are served by the child welfare system. And then we have our county and tribal social service agencies and their staff are responsible for providing the direct services, including case management for individual children and families, and making placement decisions when that's necessary. Thank you. It's really helpful to kind of give a picture of what happens like at the DHS level and at the county level. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, and it's really clear and evident that DHS plays a huge role in foster care in our state. And we're thankful to have you help us navigate this conversation. Can you share with us what's the current need? How many kids are in foster care right now and what is the current need? In 2020, which is our most recent full year of statistics that are available, there were approximately 8,600 Minnesotan children in foster care on an average day. And that is slightly lower than the last couple of years. So there's definitely a need right now. There's lots of kiddos in care. Um, can you help us understand what are some of the most common reasons children enter foster care? Parental drug abuse continues to be the most common primary reason for children to be placed in out-of-home care. And that's followed by allegations of neglect, child mental health needs, and allegations of physical abuse. Over 80% of children are in foster care based on those reasons that are considered a behavior of a parent or a caregiver. Some of the child-based reasons um, would include a child with special needs, such as mental health or substance abuse that requires some specialized treatment. 
Yeah, and I just want to add that the kids in care, in foster care, are not in care for anything they've done. And I think that there's sometimes a misconception that the children are at fault for being removed from their home. And these are really good kids that have experienced traumatic situations and have had to be removed from the home for no fault of their own. I think that's really important for people to remember as they're preparing to be a resource for these kids. Um, and speaking of being a resource for the kiddos and opening up homes for them, how often or how long do children typically stay in foster care? That's a hard question. There's no typical length of stay in foster care because it really depends on the circumstances. It could be days. It could be a year or more. Um, when possible, children are placed immediately with relatives or other people that they already know. Um, so a foster parent might be ready for a kid to return home to a parent to their parent or caregiver if concerns are addressed. Um, they might transition to a relative placement or they may stay in a non-relative foster home for much longer. About 10% of foster placements are for less than a week. About a third of children leave placement in under six months. And I know a lot of foster parents when they're really thinking about that, they think of it as being a commitment for about a year, knowing that it could be longer or it could be shorter. Absolutely. Um, and so we're talking about how long they may be in care. When the children leave, I know you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but when children leave foster care, where do they go typically? So nearly half of the children who left out-of-home placement in 2020 returned home to their parents or legal guardians. 16% uh, were adopted, and that includes adoption both by relatives and non-relatives. And 11% of the children stayed with relatives through a transfer of permanent custody. Unfortunately, there were some children who age out of foster care without the benefits of a permanent family. Thank you for sharing. It's encouraging to know that so many kiddos are able to, to go home and experience that reunification component. And in most cases, reunification is the goal for kids to return home. Um, how often do children, are children reunified and then come back into care or re-enter care? Approximately 16% of children re-enter foster care within one year of leaving. So what is the need for foster parents in Minnesota right now? Needs can vary a lot. So I always recommend contacting local agencies to better understand specifics in the area where you live. In general, our greatest needs tend to be homes for older youth and teenagers. Um, homes that are, have families able to keep sibling groups together, particularly when you have three or more siblings. Uh, we do a little better with, you know, keeping two siblings together. And then families that reflect the ethnic and racial diversity of children who are in need of foster and adoptive homes. Um, based on our current statistics, that includes a particular need for more foster parents that are African-American, Black, American Indian or Native American, and families that can speak the languages spoken in children's homes, especially Spanish, Hmong, and Somali. Um, even children that speak English well often speak other languages at home, and having foster parents that speak their home language can make them more comfortable and also help with collaboration with their parents who may not have as strong of English skills. I would echo the things that Jessica mentioned, um, we have all types of children in care and we need all types of families um, to provide placement options for them. So we have families that are married couples, families that have children in the home already. Some families don't have any children in the home. We work with single parents, we work with same sex parents, 
we, um, as Jessica mentioned, we are always trying to increase the diversity with ethnic groups and, and languages spoken um, to reflect the children in care. But, um, you know, the basic requirements are that you're 21 years of age or older and that you can, you know, pass a criminal background check. But uh, regardless of, of any additional requirements, I mean, we need diverse families of all kinds. Absolutely. So this podcast series is really focused on foster care, but we know there's also a need for adoptive parents as well, or adoptive homes. Can you share with us how many children are currently needing permanency? Currently in Minnesota, there are approximately 750 children whose parental rights have already been terminated and they do not have an identified adoptive resource. Um, in order to help meet the need for homes for those kids, the Minnesota Department of Human Services does have contracts with five agencies through the Public Private Adoption Initiative, which is often referred to by the acronym PPAI, um, and to work with the families for home studies and placement services at a very limited cost. For anyone hearing this that might be interested in exploring adoption, you can access more information about adoption from foster care on the MinAdopt website. And just for some context, there were more than 1,200 children that were adopted from state guardianship last year. Yeah, as Jessica said, you can go to the MinAdopt website, mnadopt.org, and there is a tab for adoption information as well as foster care information. There's frequently asked questions page. Uh, there's an ability to inquire about foster care or adoption or even a specific child that is um, listed on our Meet the Kids page. So definitely go to our website for more information and our contact information is on there as well if you wanna reach out um, to talk directly with somebody. Kim and Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. As we close out this section of the podcast, do you have any tips or suggestions for people who are considering becoming a foster parent? First of all, I wanna say thank you for considering it. Um, with that said, there are a few things I'd like to share, and one of those is that I loved the slogan from the National Adopt US Kids campaign that said, you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. If you're waiting for the perfect time or to be the perfect parent, there are so many kids who need you now and don't need you to be perfect. Um, secondly, a really important part of being a foster parent is honoring a child's relationships with their parents and other family and friends. When everyone can work together for the child's sake, the child can feel more supported and not struggle as much with divided loyalties, which can be really challenging. I've seen lots of great situations where children returned home to their parents and their former foster parents became part of the family, or a child was adopted by their foster family and continued to have ongoing contact with the parents or other relatives who love and care about them, but weren't in a place to be their daily caretakers. And finally, again, Kim has also mentioned a little bit more, but MinAdopt has a great website for learning more info, including possible licensing agencies. I always recommend that people interested in foster care meet with maybe three agencies to understand their needs, their program, and figure out their best fit. Yeah, I would add to that, um, educating yourself as you're preparing to become a foster parent and um, there is an inquiry form on our website that will help connect you with your county and or up to three agencies. And just like Jessica said, I think it's really important to um, attend all three of those information orientation sessions so that you can really figure out which, which organization is gonna be the right fit for your family. Um, 
I would say to utilize the resources available during this time. Um, Jessica Miller here is part of our education program. We have so many webinars on our website that you can learn about so many topics you didn't even know you could learn about. Um, you can attend support groups as you're preparing to become a foster parent, um, connect with other people that are doing this as well. Um, you know, I talk to families sometimes three to five times in a year before they actually make the first steps to becoming foster care licensed. So utilize that time, you know, educate yourself and, and take the time. I mean, it's a big decision. And um, unfortunately, there's always going to be children in foster care. So there's no need to rush into this decision. So reach out, ask questions, inquire as many times as you need to, and we will be here to support you. Yes, absolutely. Both Kim and Jessica, thank you so much for sharing some of that. And as many of our listeners may know, um, I am the education coordinator for MinAdopt, but I am also a licensed foster provider and adoptive parent. Um, and being on the front lines of foster care, I can see the need for providers in a very tangible way. And so if you are interested in foster care or have questions, I encourage you to reach out and start the conversation. The more information you have, the easier it will be to make a decision that is best for your family. And I encourage you to consider if you have additional family members to take that into consideration as you can are considering pursuing foster care, having those conversations with a spouse or partner, having conversations with your children, your extended family, potential support people. Um, so we hope this podcast series will help you navigate that process. Thank you, Kim and Jessica, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you.